0: Hi guys, it's me Paula and I pray and uh, welcome to my podcast uh, recording again. I've been off for a while and I'm back and I just wanted to say hello. Thank you for joining me on com. and I want to start out with praying for you and God I just thank you in the name of Jesus for this amazing podcast and for the people who support it, and that their eyes of the understanding will be enlightened, that they might know what is the hope of your calling, Father, what are the the inheritance they've received in this, of the saints in Christ, and that they might see, open their eyes, and see your love, Lord, and understand your word. Give them spiritual understanding. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher of the church, and that you lead and guide us into all truth, There is only one truth, Jesus. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life, John 14, 6. So we dedicate this time to you, Lord, Jesus, and help me give an effective ministry time right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk today about a little of my testimony, but a little of my background how I was raised as far as religion goes so I am giving part of my testimony and a teach as a teacher I'm also going to share some bible truths with you to help you and see if you can ID or identify with this maybe it's another religion you were raised in but similar or maybe it wasn't at all maybe you just don't believe you're not a believer and that's fine but I just want to share my truth with you okay that God has given me to share Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he told us to share our testimony, testify of me. So that's what I'm doing right now, okay? And I bless you in Jesus' name. The Bible is very clear about how to be saved. You know that word saved or salvation? When I was in college, I was 18, right on 18 years old, somebody witnessed to me after I had read a book. At that time, we're going back some years, it was a Bible prophecy book. And at the end of the book, there was a prayer. Well, I prayed the prayer. I didn't know it was called the prayer of salvation, asking Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and then to come into my heart. I prayed that prayer, okay? But other things happened to me after that. And um after a few years, I you know, I was, you know, like I was just engaged and then I got married, moved away and got married. So I wanted to share with you that I had faith in Jesus to save me. Without knowing too much, because I had never read the Bible, then someone had given my dad a Bible, and he had gone to some I think it was a Rotary club or something, and he just kind of tossed it through the Bible away and I went and got it out that summer. I was eighteen, turning nineteen, and I read the Bible and especially the New Testament it was the new testament and I had one question it was, "Who is Jesus? who is this Jesus So I think that is the question that we all have and we all need to answer, and for me because I I was raised in a religion that was deceptive. So I didn't even know what true salvation was because there was a lot of false doctrine mixed in that. At that time, of course, I didn't know that. So God promises eternal life. I'll just start with that. So whoever whoever will will come to, to him in faith, believing, receiving his one and only son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So how do I know? How do I know? And how do you know? The Bible says, whoever, calls upon the name of the Lord, that would be Jesus, shall be saved, and that salvation is found in no other. So there's no other name in heaven, earth, under the earth. There's no other name in this age or the age to come that you can call upon. My problem here is with religion and doctrines that are false. Paul, the great apostle Paul, said they were doctrines of demons. That's what he said. They're invented by demons, all right? So don't be shocked by that because many people have believed a lie you know, now where they're at today, where, you know, there is eternity is in the heart of men, the Bible says. So there's a sense of destiny, even though people deny it, you know, they don't want to believe that, but there's a sense of destiny. When you die, where are you going to go? Is there life after death? Well, we, we have the answer because Jesus came down from heaven and he lived on this earth and he died. He went into the grave and he came up, God raised him from the dead. Uh, for all, for us, and uh, he uh, was seen by more like five hundred of his followers, okay, and we have what's called the New Testament uh letters of Paul and the uh, Gospels of the Lord Jesus Christ and his story so you can read about it. you can read the story of Jesus if you don't know, get a Bible and get one that you can understand uh, of language. people recommend the New King James, but you could find another translation that would help you that's i I'm, I'm sorry, but I just believe in that as a teacher that sometimes people need to have. The language that's easy to understand because the holy spirit is the teacher of the church he's called the spirit of truth now there aren't several truths no 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 he is the thus holy spirit is the teacher of the church and he helped to he wrote the bible because he actually inspired men to write it down so we have god's word we have his word you can take a look at that my problem again is with religion because You could attend a church, you could be born into a certain religion, you could be, some people mentioned the Apostles' Creed to me one time, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Well, you know, you could be saying something mantra over and over and over again, but not believe it in your heart, you know, it's just something you do, it's part of a ritual you practice. But religion doesn't have an answer. Religion in itself doesn't have the answer, but there is a person. The Bible says there is one mediator between God and man, that's Jesus Christ. There's one mediator. You don't need to go to a medium. There's one, Jesus Christ, who who was crucified. He died and was buried and rose again from the grave. He rose again. He rose from the grave, came up out of that grave, and then he actually went into heaven. Now, the Bible talks about him being Lord over all, that in Christ alone, he's going to sum everything up in the end. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming, there's a time when Christ will come back, a second a second coming of Jesus Christ and rule and reign from Jerusalem. But religion does not give a person an answer. It could be very misleading because people like I said could think their security is in their denomination, their church, their religious belief. But the plan of salvation, you know, is very simple that God in Christ, he came in the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John chapter 1, Verse one, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? And the Word, incarnate God, that's what that means, became flesh and dwelt among us. So God came in the person of His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to show and reveal Himself to us and prove His love. But He had to come and actually be a substitute for us because our first um, parents, Adam and Eve, you know, in the garden, of Eden sold out were traitors you know I mean Adam high treason you know to God's enemy and Satan so what happened there was that after that there was the fall the curse of sin and death came into the earth and that curse is passed down to the generations the Bible says Jesus in the book of Galatians became a curse for us so he actually took upon himself the punishment for us that we deserved and he was a substitute lamb shed his blood for us and then he went into heaven and it's glorious. He promises us: whoever believes in him promises a gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. It's a free gift though, you cannot earn it. So all your works of righteousness and your religion, all your striving and all that doesn't answer that eternal question, where are you gonna go? Because it's just gonna make you more confused and you're not perfect enough. So Jesus is perfect and he fulfilled all that for us and he's the one that you wanna to look to. To so look at the truth of the word of God. You know, Jesus made this statement in Luke 12, 5, this cryptic statement. He said, and I will show you whom you are to fear. Fear him who's speaking now about God, the Father, who has the power to throw you into hell. So you can go back. Well, this is a whole other story about, you know, other message, if you will, about hell, a literal place of the damned. So I don't. I'm not teaching on that today. It's an interesting thing, though, to think about that there is a heaven and there is a hell. The Bible teaches that. And Jesus spoke about hell. And the Bible says, to as many as received him, Jesus, to them, to as many as received, to as many as received. Not everyone will receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Once they hear the gospel, the good news, that God is offering you eternal life and that God's not managed you, he's provided a way. He's not sending, I mean, in the sense, it's that Jesus said, fear him who has the power because what he's saying is, God, the Father, has this power. But if you keep insulting him, you know, insulting him, you fear man. You're more concerned about men. You're a man pleaser. You know, you're a man pleaser. You're concerned about people thinking your religion, or, or, you know, that you you associate yourself like even with Christ, and that you know you feel sh- you know shame or fear about that. Wait a minute. That's not good, <laughs> because your problem here is that you haven't truly given your heart to Christ. And you haven't given up your life and allowed his new life, which is the life of God, eternal life, never-ending never life, to recreate you, the Bible says. To be a new creation in Christ means that your old dead, like sin nature, you can't erase that, that not through any religious action. Like anything thing you try to do to erase it, it won't go away. You'll still get up and sin again. Because the Bible said all have sinned, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God remedied the situation by sending his son to die for us on the cross. So he gave power to as many as received and gave the power to be called sons of God. But the thing is, it's by faith through grace that we enter in the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. It takes faith to believe. Salvation comes by, you know, by faith and to every man or woman is given the measure of faith to trust in Christ who will forgive you of your sins and you're given this gift of eternal life. So when you die, you will go to heaven. And that's what you want to do. That's where you want to end up. You know, Jesus came down from heaven. That's where he's from. And he went back to heaven after he defeated death, hell and the grave for you and for me and conquered death, hell and the grave. And so he knows what we need and he knows how we can get back to heaven. Amen. So let's get going with Jesus right now and find out who is Jesus. I found out who is Jesus by studying the word of God. And I was convinced he was the Lord and Savior and that he wasn't a lunatic. He wasn't a madman you know, and I could, I could know by the power of the Holy Spirit there that was witnessing to my spirit that Jesus was truly who he said he was. So I had that convincing or conviction. That's what I want to call it in my heart through the Holy Spirit. And I gave my heart to Christ, but I still didn't know the uh, Christian lingo or terminology because I, I, you know, I was raised in a church that was actually, I'll just tell you, that was a Roman Catholicism. So I was, I was born into that religion and, um, and, I, and I'm not picking on Catholics because remember, you know, the salvation is given to anyone, any culture. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have any barriers or, um, you know, cultural barriers or age, religion, um, color, creed. I mean, Jesus breaks in to anyone who calls upon his name. It doesn't qualify that and say, well, only those who are Caucasian, only those who live in America. or only those, No, to anyone, to whosoever will who will receive him right and his message so i like this one thing that i was reading in, in this uh, greek uh, dictionary it explains that that scripture that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free the greek dictionary explained that it's sort of like this is as you shall know what is real so i was just looking that up and you'll know what is real and i thought real wow when i breathe my last I'm trusting in this real Jesus Christ who came into my heart and saved me. I I, I believe that what that meant is, is this is real. Reality means that this world is passing away. This natural world right now with what you see with your eyes through your five senses, okay, this is just a temporal world, and this house you live in, your body, holds your spirit. So your spirit never dies. It's going to go somewhere, okay? So I'm trusting in the real reality of Jesus Christ who died for me, who came into my heart and saved me, that when I breathe my last, I'm going to go to heaven and be with him forever. So salvation is of faith alone. So it's not through works. that so You do good works after you're saved, though, yes. But you can't get there through any work that you can do because there's no magic pebble. There's no, you know, um, anything. You just, you just have to know this. So right now it comes down to, do you know what your religion believes? Do you know what your religion teaches? And do you understand it enough to say, hey, wait a minute, is this a false doctrine? You know, because there are a lot of fake things that are placed into religion that is not of God. And I noticed today that many, many people that I minister to, not only do they have this toxic love, the illusion of self-worth, and not only do they have all kinds of problems and they don't understand the afterlife, or they've got their own God. You know, it's like they created their own God, created God, you know. And uh heaven, hell, and other places they've they've decided, or maybe they just don't believe in anything you know they're just saying I'm an atheist or whatever, but anyway, so in the school of the Spirit, I call the Holy Spirit, God brought me into that place, and in his way of speaking to me i I begin to understand what God had for my heart, and I begin to try to follow Him through his word, and so when you do that, you seek after the truth, you'll know it, and you'll be understanding the reality or the truth that this isn't it. There is there's a heaven and there is a hell. So God, the Holy Spirit, is able to make that real to you and the truth will make you free. So you won't be living a false life. You won't be living a foreign life. You have something to live for, okay? So where did your belief come from? What's your source? Salvation. Who are you trusting in? In your church? You know, um, I know that a lot of people mm-hmm. from my religious background you know believed that you know there were, the the pope was infallible well, where did that idea come from you know i studied that and it's it's not it's not bible and also <clears throat> excuse me they believed that if you did these pilgrimages to mother mary that's kind of scary go to a shrine where supposedly her apparition you know appeared and then you'd bow down to that shrine you know it's kind of scary because when you go back and study this, you find out some of these things were fake and some of these things they instituted in that church had to do with false doctrine um that she really didn't appear there and it was added to their religion in the 1900s so by some children who were illiterate and also by a priest who was mesmerized and by sorcery. So you can find out this, this Mary thing, although Mary is blessed and she's certainly picked and favored among women. The Bible tells us that we were not to worship her. She was not to be an idol. It's really sad. I wonder what she thinks in heaven when she sees people going to her when there is only one mediator between God and man. That's Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter. I'm not picking on Catholics because you could think of, well, if I visit the Holy Land and make pilgrimages there and I pray at the Wailing Wall, my prayers will be answered. Or if I read out of the Hebrew Bible and study out of the Hebrew Bible, you know, of course, I have one up on everyone. You know, guys, are you kidding me? Really? You need to humble yourself right now, okay? You don't get to God through anything. Worshiping dead saints, relatives, they can't save you. You know, stopping off on that idolatry road leading not to Jesus but to another mediator who is going to hear your confession and so that's your ticket you know into heaven really if your salvation is based on those things gosh obeying laws of man doctrines of man you you, you're, you're going to be in trouble here it's got to be greater than that it's got to be the doctrine of Jesus Christ and him alone The Bible tells us that faith without works is dead, but it also warns that you can do works for the wrong motive because your works will be judged. If you're a believer right now and you say, no, I'm a believer, uh, Paula, and and I I love Jesus. Good. Well, now the works that you're doing are going to be judged. Did you know that? At the judgment seat of Christ. Not at the great white throne of judgment. That's for non-believers. But the judgment seat of Christ, your works will be judged. Will they be hay, wood, or stubble? They are going to be burned up. Then by fire, because fire will test them, the fire. Now, some people believe that when they die, they will get into the pearly gates. You watch so many Disney movies and, and Hollywood that they'll get into those pearly gates because the Bible talks about the gates of pearl and the streets of gold. They'll be greeted by St. Pete, who is the head of the church, or the Catholic church, it that is. Uh, that's a serious claim, and that's seriously unbiblical, actually. You know, it's pretty flaky because when you go back to the Scripture and you read the Word of God, you find out that Peter, our guy Peter, he was the, the apostle Peter later, he was a follower of Jesus. He, he was very much much of a leader there. He was impetuous. He was an individual who was very kind of blurted out, you know, and said things. But at one point, Jesus inquired, uh, speaking to his men there, his friends, his followers, You know, who do men say that I am? So our guy Pete, he blurted out, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wow, that was brilliant, but not so much because Jesus told him, hey, Pete, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. So the source of his revelation came from God, the father. Then he said, you are Peter. And that word there means little pebble or rock. Peter he said you are Peter and upon this rock now he wasn't talking about the rock of Peter who was an unregenerate human and it was he's frail and yeah he's not going to base his entire um you know uh reason mission for coming on a man no (laughs) he said you are Peter yes you're Peter because his name was Cephas and Jesus called him Peter He's a rock, but he's a little rock. Upon this rock, what rock? What was he referring to? This rock that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. See, when Jesus went into um, the bowels of the earth, when he was crucified and died and buried, he came up out of that grave. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. It wasn't Peter who was going to defeat death, hell, and the grave. So he was saying, your salvation must not be based on a false interpretation of Jesus' words, and that's what's happening. You, You know, some people believe, well, you know when they're born into religion you just follow that you know in name only for example you don't practice it i know many people in name only came you know from roman catholicism and they 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 do all the rituals and you know attend mass and that when they're with their family they don't necessarily practice everything or believe in it and some have actually fallen from you know, not believing at all in anything, but they still in the back of their head go, no, I'm always going to be this because the family, you know, it's kind of the unpardonable sin. If you stop being whatever the family wants you to be, it doesn't matter what religion you're born into. I'm not picking on Catholics, but if it's heresy and they don't believe the truth of the word of God, for example, if you die, there's another way. The Bible says clearly Jesus is the way. Now, I know many people who are very good, sweet Catholics, but they, they, they don't realize that the Bible doesn't teach. Jesus doesn't teach about another place called purgatory. That's not in the Bible. This imaginary place where you're going to get purged of all your sins. And once you pay for your little venial sins and you're holy enough, then you're deserving to go on into heaven. That's not biblical, guys. I'm just saying, check this out. Search this matter out for yourself. Read your Bible and find out where where is purgatory. You know, people, people have all kinds of ideas and they've been fed a lie. So I'm just saying that doesn't save you, okay? I won't argue though with you, okay? If you're trapped in this, please I beg of you. I have mercy on people because I was once that person. I was I believed this stuff until I read my Bible. So eternity is in our hearts, so we know there's a destiny. We don't just die and then non exist. I know it's what agnostics, they sort of believe there's something out there. The new atheist said there's no, we can't prove it scientifically, so but let's just say this. Jesus said you must be born again, born of the Spirit of God, not born natural birth, not going going back into your mother's womb and trying to have another birth. That's not what he was saying. He's talking about a spiritual rebirth in order to see the kingdom of God. You know, I can relate my experience to, to you that I was Catholic and I, I got saved. I became a Christian. That's what I say, a believer, because the Bible refers to believers, those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I didn't just believe in that there was a historical Jesus. I literally asked Jesus, the person, to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins. So I repented of my sins. There was a repentance. It wasn't I went to a holy mass and then I obeyed the church laws. I went to communion and And I got Jesus there, and then I went to, you know, I had to make my confession once a year, you know, and I did all the holy days. I I prayed my rosary. I did those things, but they didn't save me. Now, you could say, did they point you to God? They pointed me to Jesus on the cross, because he was always on the cross as crucified. And it pointed me to Jesus, but it didn't save me. I wasn't born again. And I don't know how someone can argue that. I mean, I won't argue with people, because the Bible says clearly you must be born again. So you can... If you don't want to believe Jesus' words, okay. But I'm just telling you, I care about you, okay? So this life and the spirit that I have now is completely different from what I was born into, you know? So who has deceived us? The outlaw, that devil. He's our number one enemy. The number one enemy of the human race is the devil. And if he could, he would kill every single person. But he can't because God won't let him. Jesus, Jesus is the one we look to right now. What is the spiritual condition of your heart? You know what? Since I was born a sinner, you were born a sinner, and everyone has sinned, and all have fallen short of the glory of God. So your, your condition of your heart, if you don't know Jesus right now and have an escrowing to your heart to forgive you of your sins, is just that you're thinking your religion can save you possibly. And your heart is extremely wicked. The heart will deceive you. Infant baptism is an interesting kind of Showing a dedication or a heart towards hoping, you know, someone, that person, that baby grows up and serves God. But there is no indication in the Bible. I can't find it. And you can, you can search the New Testament for me and find it. Infant baptism is a nice little gesture. I mean, I'll call it, they call it a sacrament. It's nice. But teaching that it can save an individual is impossibly, is possibly the greatest heresy I've ever heard. Plus, it's also very sad. Because if an infant dies and it wasn't baptized, are you telling me the infant goes to hell? Oh, come on, people. Really? That's hard. That's really harsh. A baby doesn't have any knowledge of sin yet. There's no, There's no. Somebody says, well, there's another place it goes. It's not exactly heaven. Okay, I don't know. You can put a label on it. It's It's heavenly. Okay, it's not here and it's not hell. But the baby goes to a place where it's comforted and where it grows up. Water baptism is a doctrine, though, of the church, of Jesus Christ, because Jesus said, you know, baptize them in water. In Mark chapter uh, Mark, Mark chapter 16, baptize them, and they will be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But that is a believer that understands, you know, and has asked Jesus in their heart. So I say this. Water baptism is 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 an outward sign of an inward change. So in other words, you ha- would have had already to have asked Jesus to come into your heart and forgive your sins. And then publicly you go forward and you are baptized. That's incredible. And the Holy Spirit on the day of Jesus' baptism, when John the Baptist came preaching, you know, that, that uh, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, At Jesus' water baptism, he obeyed that. And he had, the Bible said, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came down. I mean, he had the Spirit without measure. There was no limit. And, And the Holy Spirit came down and a voice said, From heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So God can minister to you at your baptism. Once you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, And accepted him into your heart, he's forgiven you of your sins, anything can happen. I mean, through the Lord. So, without repenting of your sins through faith, there is no forgiveness. You have to literally have a personal encounter with the living God through Jesus Christ. That's what God is offering. He's offering all of us to whoever will come. So, in the Garden of Eden, our first spiritual parents, Adam and Eve, they committed high treason. And that's where the spiritual death, the law of of sin and death was activated. And the whole human race was under the penalty of this curse. This was the punishment. All right. But when Jesus came, he became a curse. He broke that law of sin and death. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm happy. (laughs) So when I was younger, I never heard the simple gospel message. Can you imagine? I never knew the plan, that there was a plan that God had for me. That before the world began, God had already planned to adopt me into his family, to be part of the kingdom of God. I had no idea. If you study the book of Ephesians chapter 1, that is revealed right there. The Apostle Paul shares that. It was always in God's heart that we might come to him and receive eternal life and become a child of God. So my my religion never taught that my religion taught me things, but a lot of false doctrine was mixed in there. Your life is precious, okay? all life is precious, but we can't just you know make up our own ideas and believe lies because it's your life it's risky where's your eternal where's your eternal salvation where who is it in? you know either you're going to heaven, kiddo, or you're going to the pit of hell eternity. It sounds kind of funny. You say this. this is a long time. I can't even fathom this. But the Bible is very clear. It's very clear. But I know the Word of God is true. And I know I came to the saving knowledge. Again, this is my testimony. It wasn't mental assent. It wasn't agreeing, you know, just mentally. Because the Bible talks about you are spirit, soul, and body. And your spirit is called the inner man or the that's generic It's kind of inner man is is not bias. It's just inner man means inner woman too. The inner person of the heart, okay? That's the real you, your spirit. You know, the Bible said out of your, pointing down to your belly <laughs> or your innermost being, that is your spirit, shall flow rivers of living water. The born-again experience happens down in your spirit. Yes, your mind is engaged. Yes, your soul is engaged. God gave you a mind, but that's not thats not how you become, you don't intellectually assent, like, yes, I agree that Jesus did this, died on the cross for my sins, but have you ever actually talked to him and asked him to come in and to forgive you of your sins? Have you made a, a commitment to him? You say, well, I pray all the time. Well, I'm glad. You might be a very nice moral person. You might be a very nice religious person. But the Bible, is it a Bible relationship you have? A, do you, you know, is the truth in God's word? Because he did everything to come here and die for us and shed his blood for us at the cross. So that, that that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There is no remittance of sin. So it's serious. So being saved or, or salvation is a spiritual heart-to-heart decision, believing on Jesus. So when anyone comes to Jesus... You know, you have this supernatural encounter with the living God through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. When we receive Christ and we've heard the message about Jesus saving us, That we can at that point choose to receive or choose to reject him to as many as, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power of God. You notice that, to become sons or daughters of God, to become children of God. So it's it's a choosing All right. Some people believe, well, God is you know sovereign; He picks and chooses. Wow, why did Jesus have to come then? Why did He have to come and go through what He had to go through? I don't believe that. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that, and I don't believe that there is no literal hell either, because that teaching is false doctrine. You know, it's nice to believe a fairy tale. I want everybody at the end will all be saved. What was the point? You mean you could live like the devil? You mean, you can rape, murder, and torture people, okay? You can steal from people, and there is no punishment. Then God is not just, and I don't want to serve a God like that. But his name means justice. He will repay. King Jesus is coming back again, guys. And he's going to sit on the throne, man. And he's going to judge the nations. Whether you believe it or not, it's going to happen. You'll see it. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This truth is staggering. You can't reach eternal life or glory through any other way. The glory of heaven. The Bible said, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered in the hearts of men, but God has prepared for those who love him. You can't just get into heaven a free ticket to ride. You know, some people think because they have, they're in with somebody here on the earth, like, well, I know somebody. That doesn't get you to heaven. You can know all kinds of people in high places. That's delusional. You know, you can belong to the biggest equal rights activist group and doesn't enter, that doesn't give you the right to enter the glorious promised land called heaven. That's foolish and irrational too. You're not going to walk on streets of gold because you knew somebody here on the earth. You're only going to get in there because you've confessed your sins. You know, there are a lot of good people, patriots, good taxpayers, American citizens, you know, and and they, they're good people. I'm not saying people are not, they're kind or good people. But that doesn't mean that they're saved. No, there's no pass. Nothing can enter, nothing defiled can enter into that beautiful land. Nothing that defiles is allowed to live in there. Only those who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and have become a child of God. You know, you can be a Bible scholar. Yay! I hope you're teaching the truth of the Word of God, not denying the deity of Christ or that the Word of God is God's Word literally and you can believe it and receive it. I hope you're not erasing hell and I hope you're not erasing the truth and I hope you're not twisting the scriptures and misinterpreting them to fit with your ideology or your religion. Okay? There's a special place in hell for people like that, okay? I'm just warning you. You don't have to receive my admonishment, though. I'm sad if you don't. But someone else will have to tell you, okay? But when we live a lie and we practice doctrines that are like, white witchcraft for example who who the heck is practicing white witchcraft what is white witchcraft witchcraft is an abomination to god it is strictly forbidden sorcery witchcraft the occult if you're in any of those things get out now call on the name of jesus to deliver you if you practice false doctrine if you believe in false doctrine i'm very i'm i am here to tell you god allows you you have freedom you have freedom to choose But you don't know what you're doing. There is another way. It's the way through Jesus. And he has the power and authority to deliver you. You are in danger of judgment. Eternal punishment. There is one truth. There aren't several truths. You know, New Age spirituality. It's so popular in our culture. And it's gotten into the churches. And people practice all these sorcery and witchcraft and occult practices. But God condemns them. So why are you tolerating satanic practices? Why is the evangelical church practicing them? Why are they believing or whatever in them? Maybe they're not practicing, but they tolerate them. There are, sheep, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. I could, I could tell you stranger things, but I won't about that. So my story is I have a heart of stone, and now I have a heart of flesh, and I have a new nature through Jesus Christ. A new nature. That's staggering. How do you get that? The love of God, the love of God, God so loved. I love John 3, 16, because I wasn't raised, you know, in Bible. I didn't go to Bible, um, you know, vacation Bible school when I grew up. And it said, for God so loved the world. That's you. You live in this world, on this planet? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son, verse 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Everything God did, he did through his son, Jesus. When he came as a babe born in Bethlehem, it was prophesied long ago, the savior of the world, the Messiah would come. And you know what? There's That's no religious jive. You have a mind-blinding spirit that can deceive and lie to you. You know, there's a woman named Mary Magdalene who came to Jesus, and it says that he cast seven devils out of her. Some of you have operation of demons in you right now, and the Holy Spirit, he wants to take up residency in you and give you power and authority. He wants to give you gifts, spiritual gifts, but he can't because you haven't repented. You haven't turned to God. You haven't cried out to him. If if you don't know who he is, it's okay. You can just say, you don't have to make up some long formula, prayer. Oh, God. Just say, help me. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me. Help me, Lord. Forgive me. And cry out to Jesus. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I'm praying for you right now, you know. You know, I've had many visitations from the Lord, and it's, it's, it's not always easy you know, because sometimes when the Lord comes upon me, he wants me to share this message, and, and I say, who has bewitched Christians that they can believe a lie? They can have a little bit of false doctrine, a little bit of truth, and man, there's a battle going on for your mind, but you got some false imaginations in there, okay? You're not true. If your heart, if your mind isn't renewed to God's Word, You know, somebody can come to you and say, oh, come over here, come over here and see this sign, this wonder. Well, I hope it's a sign and wonder described in the book of Acts that in the last days, Peter preached this on the day of Pentecost after the Holy Spirit was poured out. He said, in the last days, quoting from the book of Joel, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions in those days. This is the day. This is the day we live in today before the coming of the Lord. My concern is that you don't know and you haven't received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. In the church I was raised in, okay, um, it was kind of like drinking a little bit of poison, you know, and as you rightly you rightly know some doctrine is just false it's not pure it's not the truth you can't earn your salvation through works you cannot you cannot you cannot it's dead i had no teachers after god's own heart who could rightly divide the word of truth for me you know i was i was a desert inside before i came to christ faith alone in christ faith alone in christ faith comes Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God, the message about Jesus. How can you know Jesus? Well, the Bible says, how can they know unless they have a preacher? I can recall like flashbacks of seeing Jesus in, in, in on that crucifix hanging in that Catholic church. But along with that, you go, "Well, that's really great then. But along with that was this worship of Mary. There were rituals, and there were all these laws we had to follow, you know. Mass was uh you must practice the sacrifice of the Mass and Jesus is sacrificed over and over again. That they call it the celebration of the Mass. And then suddenly your communion, you know, your the Jesus appears suddenly, transubstantiation it's called. You know, suddenly he appears and he's 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 mystically in this wafer, literally. Ooh, that's kind of yucky. That's kind of occultic, isn't it? God condemns practices like that. But why don't you question it? Because you don't read the Bible for yourselves. That's why. And I didn't either. Oh, dear, I didn't either. I'm not condemning anybody. God doesn't condemn us. He just knows that we're lost. We're like little sheep, little lambs that are lost. You know, I had to obey holy days of obligation. I had to fast on Fridays. I don't do that anymore you know, at Lent. And and then the big one for me was this thing called Ash Wednesday, which they celebrate. You know, people celebrate all these certain days and things. And you say, well, it's a nice kind of reminder. No, and yes, I mean, yeah, but I can read the Bible and of having Jesus in my heart. I know we're going to be dust one day. Our physical house will die unless Jesus returns. But I don't need to have the reminder of a priest putting a dirt mark our smudge in the middle of my forehead to remind me that we're nothing but a dust bag of ashes wow does that make you feel affirmed you know <laughs> we have a lot of problem in our country with people not feeling loved so I don't know sorry when when my aunt used to say things like that I remember her always starting her conversation with sorry kid or kid that's what I'm gonna say sorry kiddo you know yeah, that was scary because I think her husband, who had a face that was flat and dead and expressionless, I think he was on drugs. I don't know. Maybe antidepressants. But man, Uncle Harry was scary. Hey, that rhymes, I think. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go off here. But anyway, another winning religious practice was having your throat blessed. This Seriously, this was in my church. In the Catholic Church, there was this two-pronged stick thing. It was a stick, like two sticks, and they were crossed. And they put this thing on your throat, your, you know, set it on your neck, and it was supposed to bless your throat because it was named after some saint named St. Blaze or something who was supposedly who blessed throats, and your throat you don't get a sore throat. I have a sore throat thinking about it right now. This ritual was very creepy to me, and it's also like a form of witchcraft, my experience, though is with receiving the gospel and hearing the truth and understanding that Jesus came to save and heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. I was captive. I can describe that. I can I can tell you my life changed. I was lost, and I received the free gift of salvation. So whoever is thirsty out there and hungry, come to Jesus. God will not make anyone love him or force them. Do you want someone to... Um, Love you because, you know, because they have to love you? No. God so loved the world. He loved you first. Even while we're sinners, he loves us. God has a will for lost humanity, and he made provision from his word. When his word became flesh, Jesus Christ, a human being, that's incarnate God, he came to this lost orphan planet to bring us back to the Father's heart. No one should perish. All should receive everlasting life. But sadly, my religious experience, I believe, was a counterfeit, a forgery, a false way to distract me off of the real truth of God's love. I never heard a message. You know, I'm really surprised when I meet people who are evangelical Christians and, and I start talking about... my religious roots, they're, they're always like, I go, do you understand what it's like to be a Roman Catholic? And they have no clue. And they're like, wow, what what was that like? And I share with them, they're always always astonished because somehow they just believe that, um, I guess, you know, that's okay, you know, worshiping Mary and, you know, making these pilgrimages and getting your, these sticks on your throat blessed and saying over and over again, the same prayers and Jesus becoming, you know, uh, flesh, and, you know, religious deception and idolatry and relics and worship of dead saints and, you know, doctrines of demons and, you know, this, uh, this you know, substance of the bread is changed, the wafer, you know, this is very scary, you know. All these things are, I mean, I mean it. But God provided a way for us to come to his throne of grace. Hallelujah. I want you to come to the throne of grace and find help in time of need. And if you're Catholic... Don't be mad at me, because I'm just sharing the truth of what happened in my life, okay? And I'm sharing the Word of God with you. God sacrificed his sacrificial gift is through the blood of Jesus Christ to accept you. Jesus is the exact image of the Father. That's so comforting to know. You know, all of us, the Bible says, no one can point a finger. You can point a finger at your religious root. What were you, Lutheran? You know, you could be... Uh, Methodist, I guess, Episcopalian. You could be Seventh Day Adventist. You could be all these things, right? I don't know. Could be, and you could believe in a lot of things that are not scriptural. Okay, you know, I I remember that. You know, we were always looking for some way to protect ourselves, and I can remember it wasn't through the Bible either. It was like there was these um, these scapulas that they you'd go to like um, a little religious store, and you would see these little tiny, they call them scapulas. I remember they were a little plastic and they had a little ribbon around it. And inside this little plastic thing, you wore it around your neck. And it was like material, hair, bones of canonized saints. Yeah. Little pieces of their, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Does it sound like some voodoo to you? It does to me. It's voodoo. I'm telling you, I'm not even kidding. There were so many things that, that I went back over the years and studied, where did these come from? You know, where did these come from? When salvation is a free gift, it was so hard. Guys, it's so hard to follow those things. You know, the Bible also, I'm not picking on Catholics because, you know, people think that they can get under the law and... You know, everybody that I've met that gets under the law legalism, after they've become a Christian, they go back under the law through works. And what Paul the Apostle said in Galatians Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you to think, how did you receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit? Through the the law, the working of the law, or through faith in Jesus Christ? Basically, what he said you can't earn, you know, anything. You, you can't earn this. This is a free gift, man. But they wanted to go back under the law because the Judaizers would try to, you know, bring them back under the law. They had to be circumcised in the early church. Caused a lot of problems. The circumcision, the cutting, the marking themselves. You know, so if you're going to go under the law, remember, you know, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus actually canceled the co- the old covenant, the order of the priesthood. All right? You know, some of the priesthood-type teaching—you need a priest—and you know—is really is really going back to Babylon, to ancient pagan occult practices, where the priests were celibate and could not marry. You know, it's not biblical, guys. It's not scriptural. You know, Jesus is our great high priest, who passed into the heavens. Jesus Christ, the righteous—he's in heaven right now, and his spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is poured out. You know, when I was young, we went and saw all these icons and they sold medals and the rosaries. And, you know, the rosary, the beads is, is very similar to Hindu beads. Did you know that? Vain objects of worship. Any little thing to get you away from the truth of how much Jesus loves you. People say, well, it's okay if you have a little bit of this and a you, little holy water, sprinkle that in. It's not going to hurt you. You know, I hear the I hear everything, you know. But I got to tell you, if you're going to do a little bit of the law, uh, well, I guess what you're going to have to do then is you're going to have to get circumcised and you're going to have to do animal sacrifices. That's, they're not valid, by the way. No, because through the shedding of Jesus' blood, we are brought and atoned. Jesus Christ died and atoned sins at Calvary. Our works cannot save us. You do good works, but they can't save you. You know? Doctrines of men and demons, right? Not works, guys. It's by grace. The redemption that is Jesus Christ. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, according only to his mercy are we saved. Hebrews 9, 14, The blood of Jesus Christ purged us of dead conscience of works we're washed in the water of his word. Okay, it's not the cutting of your body. Okay, Jesus is my security. Is he yours? Is he real? I hope he is right now, guys, because it's amazing. When Jesus comes in, he's going to change your life. You'll never be the same. But mind-blinding spirits will deceive and lie to you. It will. If you continue in that way and you're lost and you will not receive eternal life that God's provided for, you ultimately will be separated from God by your sin. And God's already taken sin. The sin problem has been dealt with through Jesus. You don't have to point your finger at God and get mad at him. You you would have a really good argument if he hadn't come to save us. Then you'd have a good argument, but you don't. Don't be mad at God. He's not mad at you you know, he's not mad at you. There's a lot of old covenant belief mixed up, all right, inside some of these religious beliefs. And we just have to separate and sift out the truth through God's word and by his Holy Spirit. I like relying on the Holy Spirit because he wrote the Bible. (laughs) He's He's an effectual communicator of the word of God. You know, he inspired men to write it down. You can be a genuine, good, nice, moral person and very religious and devout in your religion. But guys, can I just say, there is so much New Age spirituality mixed up in these religions right now. I mean, there is a, there is a, a many scary little things going on right now inside the church that I see. People making and doing practices that are not of God. You hear all kinds of terms, you know, energy healing Enlightenment, from lightened from who? Automatic writing. There's always been that astrology, ascended masters. Have you heard any of this? Altered states of consciousness. You know, objects of magical power. You know, there's so many things people are involved in today. Spiritism, sorcery, manipulation of energy or forces through you know occult practices. Ritual magic, one of the current flowing New Age 19th century forms of contacting the dead through mediums, spiritualism. You know, spiritism, which is, you know, contacting, practicing, interacting, and trafficking with these entities. We call that channeling today. But it's nothing but demon possession by a spirit. You know... Uh, familiar spirits, you know, they're, <laughs> familiar spirits are spirits. They are spirits, and they know something about you and your family. Did you know that? So the person is channeling a spirit that was there and knows it. it's not your dead relative. No, no, it's not your relative. That's, that's a lie. There's transcendentalism, and there's therapeutic touch. I met someone one time talking about how she heals people. She doesn't. There's white magic or witchcraft. Wiccan is a huge, an old English term for witchcraft. Modern witches prefer to use this term because it doesn't have a negative connotation. So they call it Wicca, but it's really the old English witchcraft. Wicca is a modern witchcraft, which is basically earth centered and uh, on worship of goddess worship. All right? There are wizards who say they have magical power, magicians, or sorcerers. People who, people who practice yoga and they say, no, no, it's Christian yoga. All I'm saying is real yoga <laughs> is to be yoked or to be united your mind, body, and spirit. In India, yoga is considered one of the six branches of Hinduism philosophy and is referred to it's an ancient Indian you know, point that the goal is to reach a certain ultimate freedom by releasing the soul. Release from the chains or effects of of negative karma, which ties a person to their to their continual reincarnation. Yogi uses physical exercises, and powers of concentration and breathing techniques, as well as meditation, to achieve, achieve these ends. But it comes from um, Hinduism. So to say that you're not practicing, you may be ignorant. I think you are. Okay and you may say well it's beneficial well you know there's a lot of things that are toxic but they are they they look very good on the outside they have an appearance you know the bible says that satan can come as an angel of light of enlightenment he can be very bright and very beautiful but he's poison and so there are practices that are very offensive. They're offensive to God. And not only that, but you you may be a wonderful person. And you may be saying, I'm benefit. I don't agree with you. Okay, you have a right not to agree with me. And I want to tell you something. I don't want you to open your heart up and be soul-tied with deception. Anything that would deceive you and lead you astray off of the living God. And Jesus only. Okay? Not to confuse you, but any object, name, or thing that you meditate on and you love more than God, that's called idolatry, honey. (laughs) So you don't want to have a strange God before you, do you? You want to serve Jesus, right? You want the blessing of the Lord, right? So all sorts of things are out there today that people are involved in. They're involved in so many things. Cosmic Christ, have you heard of that? This cranial, sacral, whatever, a method of alternative medicine that they use, that therapists, massage therapists use, you know, which is, you know, allegedly to manipulate the movement of this, whatever the, I don't know, the cranial, the bones, and they do all kinds of things to the spine. I don't really even know, but all I know is New Agers claim all these things as power and energy, you know. There is... All kinds of things going on right now that are false. They're just false. And if you're involved with them, I'm just concerned about you. I really am. People claim to be clairvoyant and, you know, Buddha, you know, the enlightened one. He's the founder of Buddhism. He lived back in around, I don't know, it was 483 BC. You know, most of his life is really a lot about legend. He's supposed to have been the son of a king who encountered great misery during a journey he took at the age of 29, and he was influenced by uh, the peace of a monk that he met on this journey. A lot of it sounds like a nice you know, story. Decided to leave his wife and become an ascetic, and he attained a supreme enlightenment at the age of 35 and became a Buddha. There's Celtic spirituality in New Age circles that covers a broad range of beliefs, including Wicca and shamanism, and there's some elements of Christianity sprinkled out through there. It's an earth centered spirituality, that celebrates nature, um, appeals to women too. It's very feminine. So it bears little or no resemblance to authentic Christianity that was practiced. There's something called centering prayer and I'm a prayer warrior and I'm going to tell you centering prayer is not scriptural. It's a meditation technique and you know the Bible said to meditate and think on the word of God, think on these things. You know. And Joshua says one and nine it says you know, meditate on my word day and night, and then you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. There was no meditating on something outside of God's holy word. Such practices of prayer that they call prayer, contemplative prayer, and things like that. Practices such as transcendental meditation. They're Eastern mysticism, Eastern religion. That's the root of that, including incorporating use of a mantra. You know, you blank out, you know, mental void or pure consciousness in order, you know, to achieve, you know, your spiritual goal and find God, you're not going to find God that way. Believe me, you can meditate all day and hum and say a mantra over and over again and try to clear your conscious mind and then, uh, that's not authentic Christianity. That's not authentic Christianity. There's all kinds of spirits and mediums that rely on contacting the dead spirit guides, spirit helpers. I'm just telling you, there are a lot of places of social unity where witches meet in groups. And in those um, places, there are all kinds of things happening there where people are using these things, you know, to fill that void in you. You know what it is? You're searching for love. is what you're searching for. Because it's natural for you to want to be loved and accepted into a family. And God is reaching out to you right now. I want to pray for you. I pray that this has helped you to find Jesus. Would you find him today? There is one interpretation. You say, but I, you know, um, I just do these things and they're kind of fun and I'm having a good time and... That's not too overwhelming yet. I'm okay. Really? You know, you can't just be out there, you know, roaming around, you know, trying to find answers outside of God and think you're going to be okay. Because in the end, you're not going to be okay. You're not. Bad things will happen and it's not going to be God doing them to you. There are predators out there. There are false prophets out there. There are false religions out there. Honey, you can't just do anything you want to do. You can't believe in everything, okay? So I'm looking at this right now, and I'm saying, whoever needs to hear this, gosh, God bless you. God bless you. I want you to change your mind. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray. I pray for everyone listening to this podcast today that they would ponder your word, Lord, and come to you